Thank you for downloading the In-Ear Entertainment up-and-coming podcast. For more podcasts and some brilliant audiobooks, go to www.inearentertainment.com. Hello everyone and welcome to In-Ear Entertainment's up and coming podcast. This is probably one of the first, if not the first one, we're going to release. And today we are joined by the lovely Georgie Leonard, uh, as in Leonard Nimoy, that's what I'm learning and trying to remember. Georgie uh, is a actor we have worked with uh, a couple of times on various projects. Uh, most recently she did the female stories, and when I say female stories I mean the Stories that required a female voice in the Exquisite Deaf Collection, which is a anthology of horror stories. And she has also been in Supermarket Matters, which was our radio sitcom style podcast, which you can download for free. So I'm going to say hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. Oh, don't sound so scared. It's lovely. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll try not to be scared now. It's good. Um, so I, I suppose... The, the first place to start, we might as well start with the, the most recent and, and go to uh, Exquisite Death, which um, I always say deaf rather than death. I'm not very good at enunciating. Um, so you... It might get a bit confusing if you said deaf and not death as well. I know, and, and I've had that a few times. People going, I, I don't understand what's that got to do with horror. And I'm like, no, it's just <laughs> it's just my awful accent. Um, so so you got involved with that and and i i think the first thing that happened was i sent you the the group of stories that i was thinking of you um wanted to voice and i i believe you read them and then came back to me and said yes i would like to be involved so what was it about the stories that sort of made you want to be involved um just they were they were very well written and yeah i love reading so getting to read stories to people you know as part of my job is great <laughs> do, do you find do you read a lot of horror to begin with is it is it a genre you tend to go for when you read books or or do you go for other genres i i do tend to read quite a wide selection of of genres horror isn't really my thing um i can't watch horror films because i'm terrified but i do <laughs> like creature horror so the vampire stories and things like that where they I really enjoyed them because that's more of the horror sort of stuff that I like to read. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, otherwise it's not good and I end up having to put the book down and away. <laughs> so so you, like, you, you like horror stories where there's a very defined villain. Is, is it yeah. the mystery that kind of you don't like? I think it's being scared, actually. I don't like the feeling of being scared. And when it's a book, it's... Oh, I don't know. I think it's almost worse than watching a film because the book is always like there, sort of in my mind. And I think, oh, I really should finish that, but I don't want to because it's terrifying. So yeah, I don't tend to read those. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I uh, agree with you that, and that's one of the reasons uh, we really like audiobooks here is because everything's your own mind. Same with reading a book; everything's your own mm -hmm. mind. The moment you translate something to TV you have to give it a very defined physical appearance and yeah. that takes something away from the horror and that's why horror stories or some of the horror stories that I think work very well on, on TV and on, on, on in movies are the ones where you don't know 
certain things and don't know certain elements and and that's mm -hmm. adds back in that mystery i guess and that's why i like yeah. that How... no, I don't... <laughs> oh, sorry go on go on no no that's all i was just saying i agree <laughs> excellent i so when you did them, you read uh, the stories. I'm, I'm just got my list in front of me. You read one of uh, Kate Gardner, who is a, a UK writer. One of her stories, which was a re reflective curve of a potion bottle. Yes. Uh, which is set. That was the one that was set in the circus show, the freak yeah, show. Yeah. How did you How did you find that one? Because I suppose that one isn't horror. It, it, it's kind of horror in its wider sense that that something horrific had happened to someone. Yeah, it was quite. I didn't really. Because obviously I'd read it before I got to read it out loud. I didn't really have any, not a like vision of where it was going. It was that kind of such a broad spectrum of a story that it really could have gone anywhere. And for it to have like those points where she suddenly turns around and she says, oh, well, you don't know what happened to me. I'm just like, oh, okay. So I like the fact that it adds like an air of mystery to it. Um, yeah, and getting to do some weird voices was quite nice as well so <laughs> you, you you like the weird voices yeah a little bit <laughs> i like weird characters how does that work then how how do you go about constructing characters in your head because obviously you've got the text to sort of mm -hmm. start you off but you, I, I actors have to flesh out characters a hell uh, a, a lot more i was about to swear then oh we're getting <laughs> we're getting we're earning the explicit tag on <laughs> itunes for no reason uh, but you have to flesh out characters. How do you go about that? In in fact, on all the stories that you did, you you've fleshed out different characters. So how do you do that? Um, I tend to go about it them all in the same way. Um, I kind of get an image of what they would be like as a person, whether they'd be sort of I don't know, quite muscular or quite skinny or what have you, and that kind of lends a different voice to each one. Um, and then obviously you've got the difference between male and female voices. Male voices. I don't know, I think I seem to do them easier because it's just you go low and then that's kind of it. It kind of sorts itself out. Female voices I find are quite tricky sometimes because with an American accent, sometimes they go the same way. Okay. <laughs> to go quite Californian, which is not really a good thing when you're calling for like a, a deep south or east coast or something. And I'm not very good at east coast, so... Is tend it, to stick with safety with that but is that due to how we're exposed to american language uh, just for anyone listening both both georgie and i are, are uk based and we're actually both based in england uh, which yes. is just one part of the uk just to yes. throw a little bit of information out there um so is that due to the way we see americans on tv do you think that we only get access to a couple of accents that way i would yeah i would say that's quite a huge part of it i do try, I, I pick up accents quite quickly but I don't, for example, New York and that kind of East Coast, I find it very difficult to pick that up and sustain it. If I've heard somebody saying something in a New York accent, I can probably replicate it with what they've said. But going from scratch with something that's that just has to come from me, it's I find it quite difficult. Um, but yeah, as opposed to like fleshing out the characters, I just I don't know. I I tend to play around with things and see what works and what doesn't, and then go from there I guess yeah you said, <laughs> you, you said that you start building up a mental picture so so for me yeah. and, and people will know this from from the other podcasts I do is I I have a very very poor as in almost non-existent memory for physical attributes of people mm 
um, and so that doesn't even come into my head. But it sounds like you're almost the opposite, that you see the physical attributes as lending themselves to character traits. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's just from coming from like a actor's perspective. Um, obviously, when I'm playing a character, if I'm being a visual character on TV or on stage or anything like that, you have to have the characteristics to sometimes they have to affect the voice. So, yeah, in that aspect, that's what I mean. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just get like an image and then kind of, yeah, go with it. Because <laughs> so, uh, that's interestingly, it's a way that um, I believe Russell T. Davis has written. There's a big book about how he writes. And, and one of the ways he says he comes up with characters, he gets a very distinct image of a, a physical mm-hmm. shape of the character. And then their personality kind of attaches itself to that which I, I find uh, fascinating. So it sounds like you kind of got a similar process, I guess. Yeah, I do that. Even when I'm writing, I have that kind of thing. I think, right, that's what my character looks like. Um, obviously, I'll have different plot points and stuff that come into it as well. But then, yeah, the personality just kind of meshes with it. And then you can take away things that don't necessarily work with what they look like. Or they, then you can change things to mould the personality as well. So, And that's kind of what I do with the acting. So. So the the other stories that you did in in Exquisite Death were um, Mercedes Yardley. Um, she had the, the the title named um, the the Exquisite Beauty of Death and Ray the Vampire. And then there was Todd Kiesling's uh, Radio. Uh, I always get this the one way around. Free Radio Nowhere. Yes. Oh, I really hope it's that way around. Sorry if it's not. <laughs> <Do> I? <laughs> um, and interestingly, it's pretty, it was. <laughs> out, of the, out of all the characters, because I tend to go back to the writers and go, is there anything specific you want, or is there anything that that we should be careful of. And we do this a lot with, with the words and pronunciation words, especially because we're a UK publisher and, and a lot of people we work with are American writers. We want to make sure that we haven't lost anything in translation, essentially, in the way words are pronounced. And Todd came back and actually he was very... Um, he wanted to make sure that a certain accent of one of the characters was was dead on, which is, is great from my point of view because it means I can give you proper direction. Yeah. How did you find that? And Todd was very wonderful and actually gave us a recording of the kind of accent he wanted. Yes, he did. I, I find it very useful. I find it, as I was saying earlier, I find it quite difficult sometimes to uh, sustain a specific accent. Um, once I get into it, it's not so bad. But actually having his voice saying this is how I want it pronounced did help an awful lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> excellent. No, it's good. <laughs> So, so that's that's quite useful. So, which one? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. So, you you did you did those uh, four stories. Um, yeah. Do you have a, a favourite one? And this is very obviously a very personal thing, and and it's not saying you like one writer over another, or rather, it's saying that you like one writer over another. But the collection is still good. But I I like to know what people's favourites are. Ray the Vampire, oh. but I think that's because it yeah because I love that kind of creature horror kind of story so that really sort of spoke to me and also it was almost like a I don't want to say parody of certain vampire stories at the moment but it did lend a very comedic side to it which I liked because otherwise they tend to go this is the vampire this is the girl and it's all like it's just a horrible mishmash of rubbish basically and it wasn't this one wasn't (laughs) and I really liked it so that's good yeah and and I I think the the comedy in it and I, I hope maybe I, I I don't know if if it was intentional I presume it was intentional but maybe again that's a, a British US thing in in the way we see comedy but it's it was a very subtle 
comedy on the on the genre it seemed yeah. it was it was lovely i i enjoyed that so yeah <laughs> the other work you've done with us um and we might come back to that the audiobook at, at some point but the other work you've done for us is um supermarket matters yeah. which was um my which essentially started <laughs> off in ear entertainment was was my idea i wanted to create a, a radio drama that was podcasted and and uh, and then I, I didn't do it, and then I did, and then I got other people involved, and it, it kind of exploded in terms of people getting involved. And I believe you, I'm trying to think at what point you came in. It was in the Christmas specials after season one? Oh, the episodes I did, oh, hang on, let me think back. <laughs> one of them, I was a policewoman. Okay. Which was new, because normally I would never get to play a policewoman because I don't look old enough. And also a random customer after asking after gooseberries. So Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. the the Christmas it, New it Year was, specials. Yeah. And then season two you were in. Yeah. So actually that that brings up an interesting point. Like playing audio characters, does that as a, as an actor give you more freedom? Um Yes and no. I I think on one hand, it gives you a lot of freedom to play around with accents, but on the other hand, with no physicality to it. I mean, you can, obviously you can act it out. You do act it out as you're performing, um, as I'm waving my hands now. Um, but with radio, you don't get to see the physicality side of it. So it, it yeah. So yes and no is my answer to that question. <laughs> okay, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting. So, do you find it gives you more freedom in in the roles you can play? Then you, you yeah. said that, that you'd never be cast as a police person, yeah. police person, policeman, police. I don't. As as a member of the police. <laughs> as a member of the police, that's a good way. A PC term, I don't even know. Policewoman, I guess that would yeah. be what I was. So yeah, um, yes. Um, because, yeah, I wouldn't normally get picked to play a policewoman because, like I say, I just, I don't look like I would ever be one. The same as with when we did Zero D, I got to be a captain and nobody would necessarily go, yeah, she would be great as this because I look young, which is great, but not great in terms of how many characters I can play. Whereas with radio, because it's just all about the voice, I can adapt my voice to the character and yeah, go from there. So yes, actually, no, I think it is easier to play different roles. I just Let's just ignore the physicality. Who cares? Let me just do radio for the rest of my life. That's going to be great. <laughs> would, would, would you prefer, which one would you prefer to work in if you had a choice? And, and everything else being equal in terms of, of pay, because I, I, I know pay varies if you're on TV compared to radio, but if all things were equal, which would you rather do? If it meant I got to do a Studio Ghibli or Disney film, I would choose voice acting. Excellent. Hands down. But I do love being on film, so. <laughs> you, do, you like, <laughs> do you like to be able to sit down and point at the TV and go, that's me there? Actually, do you know what? I don't because I find that I distract myself from watching what I'm watching because I suddenly go, oh, there's my face. Ah. Oh, what am I doing? No, stop doing that. So if it's something that I enjoy watching, it's quite difficult. Um, if it's something I don't ever intend to watch, that's fine because I'm not going to see myself doing whatever it was I was doing. But because yeah, it's... no, I've, I've always wanted to do voice acting, so I guess I guess I'd probably choose voice acting to be honest. Okay, that's interesting because I, I mean, looking at your 
I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your your um, cast and core pro profile now, which is always fun to look at for actors. And there are some very interesting uh, part, part names uh, you were uh, <laughs> in, in here. Um, I, I won't read all of them out, but um, role type. One of them is whore in yeah. theatre. Um, yeah. <laughs> the lame is um yes well i think everybody who does lame is at some point <laughs> even the boys even the boys so you there's, yeah. there's quite a few tv shows you've been in so, yeah. so does that mean i mean how how often have you been on tv is is there is there a defining role so far in your career in, in terms of tv um I don't think so because I've only I've I've only done a couple of actual. Well, I want to say I've only done a couple of speaking roles. I've had a couple of speaking roles that have been cut. Okay. That have actually been broadcast, which is super annoying. Um, I guess Sherlock would probably be one of them because wow, two series I've been quite. I don't know at the forefront. I would guess, especially the the next series coming out, that would be quite interesting. I, I mean, even the US viewers will know yeah. Sherlock. So yeah. wh- what were you doing in Sherlock? <laughs> uh, in Sherlock, I was in season two in the Reichenbach Fall, and I was sat next to Martin Freeman in the courtroom. Uh-huh. And then I got brought back for this series. Um, and I'm not really sure I can really say much about it because it hasn't been published yet, although it is online on my profile. So, Ooh, well, OK, I, I will say for people to go and controversial. Yeah, look, look it up on the profile I don't, because yeah. I know Sherlock is shrouded in huge amounts of, of secrecy in terms of yeah. both the filming and the plots and, the, and what's going to be covered. So I won't do that. But that's amazing. So so you're you're on your way to to being like fully pledged fully paid making a living actor yeah on my way I've still got a few rungs of the ladder to climb yet but as a star I think it's it's going okay yeah it's going all right (laughs) so so at what point in your life did you say I want to be an actor um I was about 17 I think I'd literally I'd finished my first year of AS level studying and which is, couldn't stand it any longer. For US viewers, is kind of uh, it's high school, but it's, it would be the senior level. Yeah, so, yeah. So I didn't finish my A levels, which meant I would have yeah. So senior, I didn't finish my senior year, I presume, um, because I hated my classes. Basically, I wasn't allowed to take drama and music and history and English. So I ended up doing English drama and psychology (laughs) yeah and I didn't I didn't pass psychology (laughs) psychology is an interesting one to take Uh, I I didn't want to take it so I have a choice (laughs) especially especially if you don't want to take it because there's so much a lot of it is about memorizing who did what and when and what the outcomes were and it's just boring all I can tell you is that there was a study done about monkeys at some point by a scientist that's all I can tell you. And I got you upgraded. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Even my teacher was like, do you even want to pass this course? I was like, no, not really. <laughs> you were honest, at least. Yeah, exactly. And and that, I guess, so So what happened afterwards? Why you made your decision then that I'm going to become an actor? 
Yeah, I because I took drama. My drama teacher at school was always really um, helpful, and he was always really inspiring. Actually, as a as a drama teacher should be. Um, actually, and my English teacher to some extent as well. He was very theatrical in the way that he taught, and that kind of I, that inspired me as well. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go off and do a drama course. So I did. Wow, that's that's awesome. And then. Uh... Did, was the drama course at that school or did you go to oh I've knocked my microphone did you go to a, 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 a what are they called I don't know what they got a special name are they they just acting schools is that how, what they're called I went to, well I went to drama college so it's, it's almost university level what I came out with so I just tend to tell people I've got a musical theatre degree because people don't understand when I go into it and they just sit there blank and I go mm-hmm. yes so yes I have a really uh, useful degree if you want to go into musical theatre Except I don't because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that happens to a lot of people, though. You do a degree in a subject that you're very, very interested in. And in doing that, you find that there are so many more subsets within yes. it. Or there are parallel streams that you didn't know existed. And you actually find one yep. of them fits you better. Yes. I enjoy singing. I love singing. But because uh, I finished my de- my degree about six years ago oh my god that makes me feel really old <laughs> uh yeah so I finished that a while ago and I just suddenly went I I love singing but I'm not a good enough dancer to really sort of break into musical theatre so what else can I do so yeah I just went well I've done acting I will carry on doing that and I'll do some singing at some point even if it's just around the house or at people <laughs> in, in the shower in the morning yeah. Everyone needs to sing in the shower in the morning, even I me, guess. and I can't sing. Yeah. All day, all you'll hear as soon as you walk in the door is me singing. Like I hear people coming in going, Oh, can you stop? I'm like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> this is this is part of me. You need to accept me for who I am. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and, and I guess final final question, because this has been a, a sort of a twenty odd minute interview. We're doing very well. Yeah, I know. Oh. I'm a very, very nice person to interview to, to, to interview to be chatty with. It's good interview i love it <laughs> what would do you if you could have your dream acting role oh and i'm gonna split this into two dream acting role on a radio production or an audio oh, production and then dream acting role on a a filmed as in visual production yeah. what would it be oh i don't know as soon as you said radio the only thing that came into my head was cabin pressure which is really annoying <laughs> i think because it's John Finnemore, if he could write me anything, that would be fine. Because he's a brilliant writer. He's really, really super funny. And yeah, I would just be over the moon. I'm trying to think what else I could do. Yeah, well, any any radio play, to be honest. I love them. Yeah. Just listen to Radio 4 all day. That's great. That, that <laughs> is uh, it's kind of a staple here, over here as well. It's just Radio 4 in the background. John Finnemore is probably one of the top one or two writers i reckon in on radio in the uk at the moment and he is amazing yeah. and if in, in america if you can get it it's on um audible um not that i should plug audible but it's on audible and it's <laughs> called cabin pressure and it's absolutely amazing it's got benedict it cumberbatch in it and roger allen oh yeah. my god my hero roger allen i absolutely love him his it, voice is just oh, brilliant uh, yes and they 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 do it so well it's so mm funny and so well produced it's definitely a show worth doing yes how about films as in visual media not necessarily films but you know films tv yeah um yeah i was gonna go back and say studio ghibli film but that's not that wouldn't really be me it would just be my voice 
I it's such a difficult question. I know, I know that's why I asked. Oh, oh, put me on the spot. I mm, I don't know. It would have been Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potter films. Okay. Because I would have been amazing as Hermione Granger, and I'm not just saying that. I would have been absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I I can see you now as Hermione. Yes. <laughs> that would I, would, I would be great as Hermione. But you... yeah, she got there first and. Were you the right age when the movies came about as well? So... I was a little bit older, so I yeah. Ish. You could, damn you could her and her youth. Damn, <laughs> damn them all. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I think Harry Potter, just because I love it so much and I love the books. If, if Stephen Fry hadn't already read them, I would have read them. He did, and he wasn't the first person to read them. I think there were other... Jim, oh, what was his name? Jim Dale did the American ones. Uh-huh. Stephen Fry is much better. <laughs> okay. I just want people to know this. He's much better. He does have a slight weird pronunciation on some things, but he gets rid of that in the later books. So, okay. yeah. It's all good. Excellent. Well, I, I, I'm going to draw this to a close. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on the, the Up and Coming podcast. It's called Up and Coming because it's all about up and coming uh, people who are making a name for themselves in their areas. So writers and actors. So you're definitely very much in that in that ilk. And it's been great, hey. great to have you here. I'm so sorry if I rambled. <laughs> That's the point. That's what I love about these interviews is rambling is good. Because I get juicy things then. Like, I didn't know you were on the new Sherlock. And, and awesome. So, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So, thank you very much for joining us. And, and we'll be back, hopefully, next week. I'm hoping this is a weekly podcast. And there'll be yeah. someone else that I'm chatting to. So, I shall see you all again, lovely listeners. And, and I'll let Georgie say goodbye. And then we shall go. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to the In-Ear Entertainment Up and Coming podcast. For more podcasts and some brilliant audiobooks, go to www.inearentertainment.com.